We're continuing our series on uh, Thy Kingdom Come, but this morning I want to talk about kingdom gratitude. Come on. How many of you know we need to have the attitude of gratitude? Some of you got here this morning and you weren't happy. Some of you woke up. Don't be pointing at people. Some of you drove here and something just tripped you up. But see, your attitude is one of the single most defining attributes of your life. Some people, I would, how many of you would agree with me that some people have the spiritual gift of complaining? It's like a, it's like a deep gift in their lives. And so they, can, you know, they can find anything to complain about. People complain, can people complain about the weather all the time? It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too dry. It's too wet. It's too humid. I was in a place yesterday. I flew in yesterday. It was 19 degrees when I left. I didn't bring the weather with me. But see, I did, how many of you would agree that it's almost an epidemic of negativity in our culture? You see, people complain about driving. People complain about fast food. It takes too long. I had a friend of mine, he, his kids, he, he wanted cheeseburgers, and they got home, and there was no cheese in the burger. So the next time, he, was, he went to the line, and he said, hey, he got to the thing. He said, hey, listen, last time. Y'all didn't give me cheese on my cheeseburgers, and my kids needed cheese on their cheeseburger. So I don't want nothing else but cheese on these burgers. And they got home, and there was no burger, but there was cheese. <laughs> so be careful what you complain about. How I many you know we can turn on the television, and we have 120 stations? Yeah. You got you Hula, you, I was going to say you who, but that tells you, how, that tells you where I'm at. And you got all these other kind of channel things that you can get, that, that you get on, you turn it on, you go, man, you just go, there's nothing to watch. You go into the closet and you, and you touch your clothes and what do you say? I, I got nothing. Call, come on. You know, it's amazing how blessed we are. And we can yet, we can be ungrateful. We can also be ungrateful how ungrateful we are. Look at your name. We say, you need to be grateful that you're sitting next to me. <laughs> by nature, I'm not naturally, you know what? By nature, most of us aren't naturally grateful people. It's something that you have to work on, something you have to develop in your life. You know, uh, I just, I'm just telling you by nature, sometimes I want more. I want better. I, I, I want faster. Come on. And, and I want it now. You see, experts say gratitude is the value that unlocks so many other positive values. You know what keeps you from ungratefulness? This is free. Jealousy and envy. Well, they got that. The Boudreaux's got that. They got that four-wheeler. Well, the LeBlancs, they got that new deck on their backyard. All of a sudden, you become jealous. Or like, I was going to pick that shirt out, and she bought it. It's amazing that we allow jealousy and envy to blind us, literally, to build a wall in our eyes to let, and let, instead of letting us see how grateful we ought to be for the country we live in. I remember Pastor Josh and I took Zach and, I mean, uh, Luke and, and, and Josiah to Africa with us. And when we came back, I remember Luke looked at me and said, Dad, God bless America, the land of the home and the free. 
because he saw the difference. You see, gratitude makes you generous. Gratitude makes you encouraging. That means you pour courage into other people. Gratitude makes you thankful. See, let's look at the scripture. And Jesus is talking, and it's in Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. I'm going to break it up. And Jesus continued on toward Jerusalem, and he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And as he entered the village, there were ten men. How many? With what? With leprosy. And they stood at a distance, crying out, Master! Have mercy on us. When someone was approaching, they would say this, unclean, unclean. Or they like today's culture, COVID, COVID. <laughs> we laugh, but it's true. A leper would be so full of rejection. Their body would be literally oozing with source. You would go to sleep at night and you would wake up the next morning. You might have a piece of your finger or your toe or some part of your body that wasn't there anymore. They said it was like rotting stench, rotting flesh. You ever see roadkill on the road and you go by it and the flies were, that's how they were. It smelt. They could, you know what, think about for years not having any intimacy, no touch, not a hug. I'm... My love language is physical touch. Yeah. My family's like that. You know, like some people go, your boys kiss you on the lips? They're like 30-something. It's just the way we grew up. But I can't imagine someone not coming in. When I was a kid, shy, look at you. Come on, mama. My cheek, come on. This cheek's bigger than the other one. No physical touch. Not a hug. So when you, they see Jesus, this is what happens. They've heard about the miracles. Some might have seen the miracles. So, but something happened in them. It's called, how many of you, when you're walking through something difficult and you hear good news about something else or someone else, all of a sudden what happens in you, hope right. begins to rise up in us. And what happens is, look at verse 14. Maybe they're having this hope. Maybe he can touch us. Maybe he can heal us. Maybe something can be different. And he looked at them and said, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them. How many of them? One of them. When he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. I mean, I'd be shouting much more than that. How about you? That's just saying praise God just means he was going, ah, ah. Thank you. He fell to the ground at Jesus' feet. That's a great place to be. At the feet of Jesus. Look what he says. Thanking him for what he had done. You know, many times, let me just stop here. Many times God touches us and helps us and gets us out of a jam. But very few times we're like that one. That went back and just thanked God. What I do every time I get to, every time I get to minister here or somewhere else, you know what I try to make? I try to make room where I just go, God, thank you. Thank you for using your word. Thank you for touching that person. Thank you for doing what you did in that person's life. You see, this this man was a Samaritan. It means he was. 
He was half. He was not a full breed. And, the, and Jews despise half breeds. And see what happens is Jesus said, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? He has, has no one returned to give glory to God except for this foreigner or this person that's different, this person that doesn't belong in Jennings? Come on. Lake Arthur showed up this morning. Welsh came. Come on, the other parts of Andrews Cove. You see, didn't I heal 10? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up, go. And look what he says. Your faith has healed you. See, our tendency is to avoid hardship. How many of you love hardship? Any volunteers? No, I don't think so. You know what? Difficulties. We, we, tragedy. But in reality, oftentimes, sometimes the hard times, the difficult times, the tragedies are just a catalyst of God's miraculous work in our lives. That he wants to do in us, through us, and with us. Amen? I don't get a lot of amens on that, but you know what I'm talking about. It's through the hard times. It's through the difficult times. All of a sudden, the blinders are lifted from our eyes, and we can look back and go, wow, look what God did. There's three statements that will help you choose a gratitude. Here's the first statement. If you have your notes, number one, I know every good thing I have comes from God. James says it like this, every good and perfect gift is from above. Listen, coming down from the Father. People ask you, well, how are you doing? Better than I deserve. Life is good. You know God's good even though your circumstances may be out of whack? A couple of weeks ago, I talked about, it's all about your perspective. It's the way you look at things. It's the way you see things. You may say, well, but I've worked for this and I've earned this. You have, you have to understand every place where you have succeeded and I have succeeded, you're succeeding with the gift that God has given you. Yeah. God is the giver of all good things. You believe that? God gave Noah a plan to build an ark. Why? Because a flood was coming. And he gave him the ability to build it. Therefore, he saved his family. God gave the Israelites bread from heaven in the morning. And he gave them fire by night so they could see. God gives the Holy Spirit to comfort us, to convict us, to guide us, and to counsel us. You see, God gives you his word to direct you. Direction sometimes in our lives brings correction. You know, the Bible says that Jesus, I used to tell my sons after I gave them a spake, and I said, Jesus learned obedience to the things in which he suffered, and you're fixing to suffer. <laughs> but hopefully you'll learn them. See, here's the, here's the issue. Guys, look at me. We don't need more word. We need to obey the word that God has already yeah. given us. And people go, hey, we need to, you, need to, you need to put the word of God. No, 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 let me, I believe you need to put the word of God in you, but you need to know the God of the word. Yeah. That's what's more important. They, do you know the God of the word? Do you know the God that's speaking? He gives you health to bless you. He gives you the word to direct you. 
The second thing I want you to see, and it's something to help you, help you is that I will not let what I want. There's a big word. Rob me of what I have. Okay, it's Christmas time. Remember as a kid, we used to have the, the Sears Wish Book. Come on, they don't make that anymore. Sears ain't even around, I don't think. But man, it was a catalog, and you would open it up, and you go, man, and you go, mom, can I get this one? I remember they used to have these, these letter jackets. They, were, they weren't the real letter, but they looked like football jackets, and I used to go, can I have one of those? And it wasn't Green Bay. It wasn't the Saints, actually, back then. I used to like the Cardinals, because I had one of those, those, those football electric games where you couldn't bring any direction. You just put the players on, and the, the, the thing would vibrate. And, and they would vibrate to the sideline. They'd vibrate, and you put a felt ball in the little player. And you just know, like, he, it's not like the game. It's not like Madden. This would, like, make you mad. You couldn't. There was no guidance to it. But I was thankful because I had the Cardinals was one of the teams that I had in the Dallas Oh, come on, man of God. We're not even going there. The Dallas who boys, anyway. They don't know who they are anymore. But Ecclesiastes, let's not go there. Let me get back to the message before I start straying and playing. And it says, Ecclesiastes, enjoy what you have. Listen to what it says. Rather than desiring what you don't have. You know where this word's coming from? Some, from King Solomon, who had everything. Just dreaming about nice things is meaningless, like chasing the wind. Gratitude turns whatever you have into enough. I remember I brought this preacher. He's got a big church in Jacksonville, Florida. His name's Stovall Weems, and it's Celebration Church, huge church, small. You know, it's, the ty- it's bigger than the size of our city. And I brought him out hunting. We killed a bunch of geese, and I had to call someone. It was a lady that I knew in our church, and I said, Miss, Miss so-and-so, can you, can you, would you, and she's, she's from the bayou. And so she cleaned all these geese for us. And I went to pay her, and she goes, pass the bub. And she was like, thank you so much for the money, but I was going to ask, can, can I keep the gizzards? I said, you can have all the gizzards and the hearts you want. I'm a gizzard guy and a heart guy. I like to make giblets. But she was just grateful. She, just like, she was like blessing us. She got to bless me as her pastor and bless this other guy. And he gave her a bin to make her have, be a friend. Bin to be a friend. Anyway, that's another message. But she didn't care. She just wanted the gizzards. You see, it's not happy people who are grateful. It's grateful people that are happy. Think about what do you have? What do you have? If you make the minimum wage in America, you're making 32 times the average wage of half the world that's alive today. See, let's bring it into perspective. Here's Timothy, and he's saying this yet. Timothy 6, verses 6 through 10. Are y'all with me this morning? It says, true godliness with all, what? Contentment. Contentment. 
is itself great wealth. After all, we brought nothing with us when we came into this world, and we can't take anything with us when we leave. You're not going to hook up a trailer next to your coffin, and you're taking it with you. You can't do that. It just doesn't happen. So if you have enough food and clothing, let's be content. Jeff, Jeff Foxworthy said, the one thing I learned about Cajuns, about his wife's a Cajun, is that they will never starve as long as they have ditches. <laughs> but people who long to be rich fall into temptation or trapped by many foolish and harmful desires that plunge them into ruin and destruction. Now listen to this. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. There's nothing wrong with being wealthy. But I, when I looked up that word pierce, it means there's a hole. You know, women get their ears pierced, it's a hole. Some, with a sword, you would pierce someone to cause a wound. When I think about a hole, it's like when that's all you're craving, it's like a hole. And it just, it's a bottomless hole. And you can never fill it. Things will never bring total satisfaction. Oh, it might be nice for a while. Come on. Like for a guy, you might get the shotgun you've been looking for, and it may jam. And then you're like, well, I want the next one. Well, I used to have the best, I used to have the best open face reel, and now they got the new deluxe 2515 model. Girls, I'm not done. I was looking at that sweater at wherever you put the fill in the blank. She got it for $19.95. I had to pay $45.50. Did you see those? It's amazing. Count your blessings, not your cash. Money will buy you a bed, but it won't buy you sleep. Money will buy you a house, but it won't buy you a peaceful house. I've seen people get the house of their dreams, and that, man, it caused a lot of unpeace. I've seen people building houses, and they felt like they were going to get a divorce. Money can buy you medicine, but it can't buy you health. Money can buy you amusement, but it won't buy you happiness. Money will buy you a relaxing vacation, but it won't buy you a home forever in heaven. Only God can. We try to fill our lives. And it's not just with money, with things. Come on. How many of you know we talk? Here's the third and final point. I will turn every blessing into praise. Wow. You know, what a difference two years makes. Can you put that up? Two years ago, today, I was, I was, I, I just, they let me out of the rehab hospital. I had to go back. This is Thanksgiving two years ago today. And my family, they're just standing around. Jesus showed up too. And <laughs> and uh, I'm not kidding. 
And you can take it off. I don't want to gross people out. But anyway, just I'm grateful because I can turn my blessing into praise. When people said that I would have, people said that I, I, if, I if we would have listened to the people I have, I would have grass growing over me right now. But thank God for the people. Thank y'all for praying. Thank y'all for believing. Thank you. You know, I mean, I was, I was at the doctor a couple, of, a couple of weeks ago, and I had a CT scan, and they did everything. I'm good, okay? I'm good. And I told Pastor Jacob, you have to put up with me a lot longer. He said, I plan on putting up with you a lot longer, Pastor Bubba. And the late, the, they come out, and one of the doctors looks at me. He goes, man, you have a good doctor. That's why you're alive. I go, I do have a good doctor, but I have a better God. And that's why I'm alive. You know, in September, I went to Colorado, and I went on a bear hunt as a boyhood dream. And I'm going to this one place, and all these guys were hunting bears. There was four of us. And, and what happened, I was the only one that didn't see a bear for five days. All the other guys did, but they didn't get to shoot. It was, they, met, they couldn't get a right shot or anything. So the, the owner of the, the thing, he said, Bub, I'm going to take you with me. We're going to go the other side of the mountain. I said, all right, let's go. He said, we had camera shots at 8 o'clock two times and one time at 630. I said, fine, that's great. So I'm excited, you know, maybe we'll see a bear. And, and I was kind of getting discouraged a little bit. I'll be honest with you. Because I seen elk, I seen mule deer, deer, I saw turkey, one had two beards, almost shot him. I saw magpies, I saw all the, I saw every, I saw a, the, the world's largest squirrel I've ever seen. He has to be in the Genesis Book of World Records. Other guys have seen that thing too. I said, I should have shot him, and, but they, they, they end up telling me it was outlawed, so I'm glad I didn't. So I would have to confess to y'all. And so we get to the mountain, and this guy's name's Phil, and me and Phil are just talking. And so he's, I'm talking about God. And I start telling him, talking to him about his marriage. I said, well, there's three needs that every man needs. And I start telling him, he goes, that's good. That's good. But there's three needs that women need. Ooh. Is that good? And I started telling him what they were. And, and as I'm telling about those, I said, okay, tell me what I just said. And he repeated back to me. You know, I just told him, every woman wants time. And this is a different message. Come on. Women spell love, T-I-M-E, time. Come on. Some women love, they want to be loved. Not like a man wants to be loved. <laughs> and all the women said, Amen. come on. Men, are y'all listening? And women want to be surprised, not scared when you come around the corner. It's whatever, you get, whatever it took to get her, you keep maintaining that to keep her. So he's repeating that to me. And all of a sudden, he finishes. He goes, Bubba. And I go, what? He goes, a bear. And I go, what? I don't even see it. And all of a sudden, he goes, get ready. And I'm getting my rifle. I'm like, I'm like oh, there it is. And he goes, and it starts walking off. And he goes, and he goes, shoot it. And I shot it. And that's, can I show you? I know, for all the animal right people, I just, it's all right. <laughs> but that's a black bear that's actually a chocolate and cinnamon, which is like rare. And my wife goes, a rare bear for a rare man. 
I'm not going to tell you what I'm, me and Tracy are going to do when we break in the rug, but anyway, we just, anyway. Hey, some of y'all need plans. That problem with some of your marriage, you make no plan. Okay, take that picture off. See, y'all never know what y'all are going to get with me. That's why Pastor Josh is coming back to, re- to repair everything, all the damage I do this week. <laughs> Every time we don't turn, a, and you know what I did when I got that bear? I said, before I go get it, I go, I got to thank God. Lord, thank you for giving me a childhood dream, a boyhood dream. Thank you. And, I've been, and the, the guide, he, was, he got on his knees, he took his hat off, and he got on his knees, he's praying with me. <laughs> And so when I look down and I'm about to pray, he got his hat off. So I go, I'm a preacher. He's a creature. So I just put my hand on him and I started praying for him. And he got up and goes, man, hunting with you is not like hunting with a customer. Hunting with you is like hunting with family. We gave each other a big old fist bump. You see, you got to bring, you got to turn your blessing into praise. Every time we don't turn a blessing back into praise, You know what happens? You turn it into pride. That I did it. You know, we can't often say I deserve that or I earned that. See, Psalm 63 says, I will praise you as long as I live. Lifting up my hands to you in prayer. Here's the exercise. Thinking of something that you have and pretend like you just lost it. If you don't have a, gratitude, a grateful attitude, then you just have an attitude. Let me wrap this up. Psalms 103 says this. Are y'all with me this morning? Verse 1 through 4. Let all that I am praise the Lord with my whole heart. I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he does for me. He forgives all my sins, heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. You're here this morning and we're talking about gratitude, being thankful. Maybe you've lived a life of envy and jealousy. Maybe you've lived a life where you've allowed that ungratefulness to build a wall between seeing God for who he really is. Because God's good no matter what our circumstances are. He's good. And see, maybe you're here this morning and you don't know the Lord. This is a great morning to meet him. This is a great morning to give your heart away. What does that mean, Pastor Baba? See... God wants you to give your life to him. Who's the creator? God. Who owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the scripture says? God. So if you're not giving your life to the one that knows everything about you and owns everything, it's an ownership issue. Hello. I want to give my life to him because he knows what's best for me. Hello. Hello. I want to give it right back to the legal ownership. I'm not a slave. 
I volunteered to give my life to him, and then I become a son. You become a daughter. There's no mix up there. And what happens is I have to be willing to do this. God, I'm so grateful for what I've seen you do, that you sent your son. Bless you. You sent your son to die for me. I'm so grateful. I'm so thankful for that. And Lord, I want to give my life to you. You see, how do I do that, Pastor? First, you got to admit that in Romans, it says, I admit that I'm a sinner. I've blown it. I've fallen short. How many of you know that we've all messed up? You got to believe what Jesus did on the cross. He became, he took on my sin, my shame, your shame, my guilt, your guilt. And the Bible says we need to confess with our mouths that he's the Lord. And he saved me and you from ourselves. Your greatest enemy was not the devil. Your greatest enemy is you. So if you're here this morning, can we just bow our heads and close our eyes? Maybe you're here this morning and you, you say, Pastor Bubba, I realize I haven't been grateful for, first of all, because I don't even know the God of the universe. And I want to trust him and give my life to him. If that's you, just raise your hand. I'll just pray with you this morning. Say, I want to give my life to Jesus this morning. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? I'm not here today. Can you pray this prayer with me? Can we all pray this way? Say, Lord Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe on the cross. You took my sin, my shame, and my guilt. You died for it. I believe that you faced hell for me. So I wouldn't have to go. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your father. Today, Lord Jesus, I turn from my sin to be born again. God is my Father. Jesus is my Savior. The Holy Spirit is my helper. And heaven is now my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give a hand clap for those that prayed that as we prayed it together. God bless you. Listen, if you're here today and if you're online today, and God began to speak to you about having a grateful heart, you know how you begin to do that? You cultivate it. What do you mean, Pastor Bubba? When you want to gripe. When your candidate didn't win. Ooh. When it didn't go the way you wanted it to with your children. If your marriage is having difficulty, that you don't look out for the little things and nitpick, you begin to, all of a sudden, begin to proclaim the things that you're thankful for. Amen?